What's going on, Chuckleheads? This is a very special episode of Dingo Talk. I am Carlo Guadagnino. I have a special guest in the building today. He just got here. As you can see, there's a new backdrop behind me. Uh, I brought the fancy glasses out for the evening. Um, we're going to talk with none other than the head baseball coach of Bethany College, Justin Thomas. Uh, before we get into that, I'm going to show off the hype video that Sam Gooch created for the baseball team, and then we're going to jump right into the interview with Coach Thomas. Um, I'm really excited about this, and I hope you guys enjoy it. And the W&J presidents, the PAC champions. What's going on, Chuckleheads? As I said, I have a special guest with me. You can see the flag behind me. You can see who's sitting next to me. Head baseball coach Justin Thomas. Uh, that First off, coach, thanks for being here. Hey, um, no problem. Thanks for having me. I wanted to give you something just so you can get through this. So there's your, <laughs> I appreciate it. your little tea. Uh, basically, what we're going to do is we're going to talk to coach about um, kind of how he got to Bethany what happened beforehand, you know, the high school years and what got, what, he, what his recruitment process was, and then now the other side of it. So, uh, Coach, first off, let's, let's talk about, you know, the high school years. What, what was, where did you go to high school and kind of what was your senior year and re the recruitment process for you like? Right. Well, I went to uh, Ambridge Area High School from Ambridge, Pennsylvania, so I'm about an hour, hour, 10 minutes from, from Bethany. Uh, my high school experience was a little different than probably your average college baseball player. Um, I didn't really get recruited too, too much. Uh, my junior year, I had some shoulder issues, so I was out for a good bit of the season. Uh, I played it all throughout the summer, though. Mm -hmm. And I came back the following year, I had the same issues, but I kind of played through it. But I was never really a great student. You know, I graduated, you know, I graduated high school and stuff like that, but I was never really a great student. So when it came to going to school, some of the schools that I really wanted to go to. We're looking at your grades. We're looking at my grades, exactly, which is funny being on this side of the desk. Because now you're now it's grades, always, grades, grades. There you go. So um, after I graduated high school, I had uh, moved to Austin, Texas, and I lived there with some family. And while I was there, I enrolled at a community college. Mm -hmm. And um, there wasn't any baseball, but I was still getting an education so probably the early part of the second semester I came home for uh, break for Christmas break so I was home for a month went back down and then by February I was you know I was I want to go I want to move back I so want to be home I want to be I applied to um, three different schools and uh, Slippery Rock was my first choice I got in I went and uh, I had spoke to uh, the coach towards the end of the summer and he said, you know, hey, we're going to have walk-on tryouts, stuff like that. I was like, all right. So I had played Legion all summer. So I, as far as being in shape and throwing and stuff like that, I was I was ready to go. And I uh, I tried out. I made it in the fall. Then, probably like maybe two weeks or so into the fall, I get an email. And I have to go meet with the compliance director. And I'm like, why am I 
Like, what, what did I, I do? Yeah, what could I have done? <laughs> right. So they're reviewing my transcripts and they're saying that although you had 25 hours completed, only 19 hours transferred in. So I didn't hit the 24 hour mark. So I had to sit out a whole year. Okay. So now this is. So what's that? Well, let's pause there. What's that experience like? You know, as a so if you have a guy that you know might have to go through that, or you, well, you as I'm, a coach, now. I'm, I'm. They say everything happens for a reason, right? So that was my first, I guess, incident for lack of a better term with uh, NCAA eligibility. Mm-hmm. You know, I had never had any other issues with it. I was never concerned with it because I wasn't playing at the previous institution. So I mean, it wasn't anything bad. I didn't do anything wrong. No, it's just that hey. Six of your credits didn't transfer. You know, you just got to, you have to go to school for a whole year now here. Be in good academic standing. And then. And then the following fall, you could try out. And then coach was there in the meeting too. And he said, hey, you know, it's, don't think any, nothing's going to change. You know, you'll definitely be ready to go in the fall again. And then from that point on, you'd have to earn your jersey for the spring, which is where I was at. Yeah. At that point. So then I had to go back to just working out, staying active, being a. I guess a, a non-student athlete. I was. I was a student. You were just a student. You a were student. just a guy walking, going, going to class. class and that's it. And then um, I came home in the summer and I played summer ball, and I went. Um, came back in the fall of '07, walked on, made it, and then I ended up playing the next next three years at Slippery Rock until I uh, graduated. And that so that's as a as a reliever, correct? Yeah, I was okay. a reliever. I wasn't um, a starter. I threw from the side, so it's a little different. And I was a uh, I was a reliever. So then from Slippery Rock, you go on, is it three years you played in the Frontier League? Or what is now the Frontier League with, no, the, it with was, the Sliders? Well, when I played with the Sliders, they were a Frontier League team. Okay. But in the summer of 2009, they be, they joined the Prospect League. Okay. And the Prospect League was a collegiate summer league, and there's a whole bunch of them now. So the summer between my junior and senior year, I played in a collegiate summer league where we played 60 games. We were traveling around. We had guys from all different types of institutions, uh, one, two, three, NAI, stuff like that, run our team, came back and played my senior year. So it was a Frontier League team, similar to the Washington Wild things. Mm-hmm. But then they uh, they made a transition. It was the Slippery Rock Sliders, and there's another team in Ohio, the Chillicothe Paints. Okay. They were both Frontier League teams, and then in this summer they made the switch from Frontier League to a collegiate summer league, and then and what was called it's no longer around, but it was called the uh, the prospect league. Okay, so and that was more it's similar, very similar to the, to the frontier league, except right? Except for we're still in college, and then what the what the league is um the way they do it is it's any any player who either has the has the ability and the aspirations to play at the next level mm-hmm. will play. So now when I, for example, we had guys on my team. Maryland, uh, a few of my teammates from Slippery Rock, um, Old Dominion, Westchester, uh, St. Mary's. So you had a so collection. Had, right, and oh. we were playing guys from, you know, higher-level schools. You know, funny funny story, I gave up a grand slam to a kid that played at Rice. And I was like, well, I never thought I'd be throwing <laughs> well. at someone of that caliber. You know. So, um, so then after the three years with the Sliders – you go back to is it you went back to Ambridge right so I graduated so I graduated high school oh, I'm sorry I graduated college and then whenever I went back home I was working in a mill a friend of mine's dad gave me a job in the mill 
I was working there. I was coaching at my old high school, and then I started to go to graduate school online. So I got accepted into the United States Sports Academy. Okay. And the United States Sports Academy was uh, all sports or athletic-driven acad- academics. So at first, I started out with my master's in sport coaching. Okay. And then I ended up getting an additional master's or a dual master's. I took a few extra classes. A dual master's in um, sport coaching and sport management. So now, I, is that still an opportunity that, like, like players that are graduating now or or, or grad from all over the country, they they have that opportunity to still do the the program that you went through. Yes, the school is the institution is still up and running. Okay, and then um, and it was all online. The institution is based out of Alabama. But it works around kind of like you said you were working at a mill. I mean, you're right. getting a, you're still working and being able to make money, but and get your education on the side and, and yeah, around so kind was, of your schedule. Right. So the way that they did the classes was if I started class, you know, January 1st, all of my classwork has to be finished by like April 20th. Okay. And then, um, you know, we had papers. We had a, a proctor for our exams. So every, it was legitimate, you know, schooling, even though it was all online. And they let us work at our own pace instead of having, hey, I'll give this to you on the 1st, just do the 10th. We had all the way up until that time. You just had to make just sure had to that make by sure that time. Done. Right. So there's times where, you know, the weekends would definitely be times where I would get school work done. Because mm-hmm. um, working in the mill, we worked 7 to 3, but we didn't have a second shift. So it could be 7 to 3 Monday, but then 7 to 6 on Tuesday. Yeah, it might, you might be pulling a 12, 14, exactly. it could be. So, I mean. so oftentimes, I would... You know, I would log in the evening. I would log in. I would review my work. You know, I would look at you know what my assignments are and kind of start to brainstorm or just do a little bit of research. But I didn't do my assignment until the weekend when I had more time because that was my first experience working hard labor, and it takes a toll on your body. And I had never and I had never done it before. Well, it's so. it's just an interesting like. Um, so I I've talked to a couple of your players just in in different situations, and mm-hmm. I told them who I was going to have you on. And then everyone, there was two or three of them that said, "Man, you're not ready. You know, this is an it's a it's an interesting path." And here we are. We're we're yeah. what a year out of you're a year out of school, or not even a year out. I mean, you're that year out of school. You're working at the mill, and yeah, I was working at the mill. I uh, and then in the fall, I got laid off because the the way the work is is seasonal. So from probably March until October, you know, we're we're putting buildings. We're putting buildings on, we're building buildings from the ground up, putting them on uh, trucks. And so we're getting the forklifts, lifting them up, trucks are backing in, set it down. And send them out. And they send them out. But once the weather hits, so around Halloween, it, it kind of cuts out. And so now where, what is your layoff there? So like, hello, you're saying like Halloween to probably right. March, right? Right. So what I did was, um, I was hard-headed. Mm-hmm. Well. My mother... Of course, mom's always right. She said, just collect your unemployment, go to school. And I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I got to do something. I got to do something. So I got a job working overnight at some packing plant. It lasted two shifts. <laughs> that was your, no, no, I couldn't, no, no. I, I couldn't work the, uh, the 11 to 7, the 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. The night shift. I, I couldn't do it. So what I ended up doing was... Um, the Swifty YMCA is probably 15 minutes from my house. Okay. And I applied for housekeeping, housekeeping maintenance job. And the guy, he hired me. His son played baseball in high school. So we kind of connected there. But he hired me. So I was working 
from four to midnight. So we work. The YMCA closed at ten, so we we would do, be doing maintenance and cleaning and stuff like that throughout mm-hmm. the while people were there. And then from ten to twelve, we would really clean, clean, yeah. and go through a whole process, and we'd be done at midnight. And that was that was it. So I would be able to wake up, do my schoolwork in the morning, go to work, go get a workout in, be there from four to midnight. So you know, I've done anything from driving a forklift to cleaning a shower at a YMCA to to keep coaching. And, and he was really flexible with, by hey, I have a game. I can come to work, but I probably won't be there till like seven thirty-eight. Just so that I can, because he, I mean, and most of the jobs. So so far, the jobs that you've had that got you through while you were getting your masters and you're still you're coaching at the high school level, you're able to talk. To, your bosses are flexible in the sense yeah, of yeah, I was very, look. This I is your very, passion, and I was very blessed and very fortunate to have bosses that were flexible. So he would let me come in and say, "Okay, that's fine. You could work eight to 12. So what I ended up having to do was um, the trade-off kind of was working Sundays because the YMCA would be open from 12 to 6 on Sunday, so I worked the whole 12 to 8. Which and then that was my was, your okay, way so to make up come, the... Right, so if, it wasn't so much like making up for my own financial No, <laughs> it was the, if you're going to miss this... Like you're you're going to come in and work 8 to 12 and 8 to 12 over here, you, you need to work the whole 12 to 8 on Sunday. So I signed off on it and I said, that's fine, you know, if that's, if that's what I can do. And then I did that um, one year. I did that one year. And then after that, I went and coached in a collegiate summer league. When I came back, didn't have a job. I ended up working at, I started working at Vitamin World at the Beaver Valley Mall. Okay. I was working at Vitamin (laughs) World. I worked all the way up until probably the middle of April. Then I handed my boss two week notice, my letter, and said, "You know, thanks, but I'm going to coach ball in the summer." And she was upset because I was I was actually starting to get the hang of it. I, I enjoyed it. It was just, but, but was it like, wasn't I gotta, coaching. I gotta go. <laughs> I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta go. I'm gonna end up. I'm not gonna do this. I gotta. No, I gotta coach. I gotta like. coach. So I went and coached again in another summer league, and then throughout that summer, I ended up speaking with the head coach at the time at Penn State Great Allegheny mm-hmm. about a player. And he knew that I was coaching in the summer. We, we created a, uh, a relationship, had dialogue, and he asked me if I wanted to get into college coaching. And I said, definitely. Yeah, I mean. So then I ended up being the pitching coach at Penn State Great Allegheny for two years. I coached I uh, all while going to school. After my first year there at Great Allegheny, I finished my degree. So when I finished my degree, my second year, I was able to teach uh, an ad, I was an adjunct. I was able to teach one class, uh, like a strength training class. So just to help me make a little bit more yeah. money. And I was given, you know, I gave individual lessons. I gave group lessons, group instruction and stuff like that. Then I went and coached in the summer, came back, did it again. I went and coached in the summer of 2014. And I wasn't coming back to Great Allegheny. And it was towards the end of the summer. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going back home. I need to find a job. I'm going to be home. And the gentleman that I was coaching under, he was the manager of the team, and I was the head coach. He kind mm-hmm. of let me coach it. He um, he told me, he was like, hey, this school in South Carolina needs a coach. And they're like, can you teach class? And I said, yes, I have a master's in sport management. So when you, that's how I learned, too. When you have a master's degree, you can teach the level below you. Okay. So you can teach undergrads going for their bachelor's well, have a master's. Now, so this is going to be a little bit of a sidebar just as a, as a personal thing. So, like, 
if I wanted to try to get into teaching communications, I would have to get my master's right. in communications, but I could... If you got a master's, like for example, I taught class in the sport management department because I had my uh, sport coaching and sport management master's. Okay. So just think, you know, I went back and took the extra three or four classes to get the master's in sport management. Now I'm teaching class at the college level, yeah. which allowed me to get my first head coaching job. So I ended up applying for that job in South Carolina. It was crazy how it happened. It happened like that. It was real fast. Okay. It was the end of the summer, or it was towards the end of July. Can I stop you? This seems, I'm just going to say, since we talked before we started recording, this seems to be a, it happened like this. It always seems to be your, your, and and I, I think that's one of the things I love about getting to talk to you is that it's. It's just great to see that, I mean, the opportunity comes and it's not, a, yeah, it just Yeah, there's go. a lot of times, there's a lot of times in coaching where an opportunity comes and depending on your situation, you have to, you know, you think about it, you pray about it, you talk to your family, but sometimes it comes down to where it's like, hey, I can't, I got to go. So, so what, you get this so call? So what happened was, again, Beer Valley Mall, there's a Dick Sporting Goods there. I had an interview waiting waiting for me at Dick's Sporting Goods. So I'm like, okay, well, if I don't get a job, I go back home, I work at Dick's Sporting Goods, and I try to find my next move for coaching. Mm-hmm. I send my uh, information in. The assistant athletic director calls me once or twice. We set up a phone interview. I drive down. I interview. They call me the following week to offer me the job. So now I'm coaching summer ball in South Carolina or in North Carolina, I have a 96 Ford Explorer with a hundred and something thousand miles. <laughs> it's packed. It's packed full with nothing but all I had was clothes. All I had was clothes. And I go down there and they're like, yeah, we'll hire you. So I, I called my mom and said, hey, they offered. I got a job. So I'm like, you know, it's weird. Everybody has, man, I wonder what would happen when I get the call if I get drafted or, you know, if I get signed. And I was like, man, I'm wondering what's going to happen. One of these days, I'm going to be a head coach. And what's going to happen? What's going to be my initial reaction? And what was it? I laughed. It was just I couldn't a, believe it. You, it was just a, this I couldn't shouldn't. Believe, I couldn't believe. Uh, I was like, man, this actually happened. All the times, like, you were, you were cleaning. Working at the mill. You were cleaning. You were cleaning, you were, you were cleaning <laughs> showers. You were selling multivitamins and protein powder. And now it's like. Now you. you, you now now you you're your starting your. Door. Right. You're okay. Starting, you're really starting your career. So now. And then the other part too is, twenty seven. I was I was twenty seven years old or twenty six. I turned twenty seven over in Christmas time. Mm-hmm. So before my, before my first season, I was you know twenty seven years old. And I was like, man, you're twenty seven years old and, and you're a college head baseball coach. And I was like, you probably, chances are, I was probably one of the youngest ones in the country. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean if we if we went back to so that is that would have been, been fall of twenty fourteen. So I will look it up to see if we can find. Yeah, I don't think I was. The, I don't think I was the youngest. But you're but definitely going to be probably one of the younger ones at 27 years old, and then, and then I had to, I had to rebuild a program. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that besides besides the frustrating losses, I think that becoming a head coach and having to rebuild a program was probably one of the best things that, that has ever happened as far as where I am now as a coach mm-hmm. or where I hope to be as I continue to grow as a man and as a coach is taking over a team that was 3-31 and 31 that I started the fall with 11 players. So I started the fall with 11 players. When I was in college, we had 13 on a pitching staff. Yeah. 
So now it's a whole different story. You know, it's a whole different story. And then we were in the IA school, a little different than NCAA when it comes to um, eligibility, stuff like that. So I had experience, I gained experience coaching in something different than what everybody was familiar with. So again, that helps out as well. And then um, kind of having to start from scratch. So you take everything that you've learned as an assistant, as a player, um, all the way up. You cut out. You can finally get rid of the stuff that you didn't like. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And then you add your stuff. You know, and then you can, but then again, you take all the stuff you do like, you know, and you mix it in a pot. You know, like, hey, this is what we're going to do here. So after taking over that, the first year, we won 10 games, which mm-hmm. was the most in, in like a five or 10 year stretch. The next year, we went from 10 and 21 to 14 and 23. And then my third year was the first time I had a full roster. I went from 12 guys to 17 guys to 25. Okay. We went from 10 wins to 14 wins. Then we finished 20 and 20 in my third year. We finished 500, which was the best year there in a long time. And then, and even while doing this, I still went away sometimes, and I coached summer ball. So my, my responsibilities were a little different there in regards to tw- 10 month to 12 month. So I was still recruiting as far as. Yeah, how does that, so well, the what thing, is the what are the rules? Because I know baseball, is it's a lot different than a right. couple other sports because you can be drafted out of high school. Yeah. Well, but if you opt out of that, I, let me just, just so I make sure I got this right. So you've, if you get drafted out of high school and you say, I'm going to go to school. Right. The rule for the NCAA is now you, it's three years. If you go to a four-year school. So let's say, for example, I got drafted out of high school and I said no I'm gonna go to Bethany College okay I wouldn't be able to go until after until I'm three years out of high school okay now if I go to a junior college the rules are different okay as so at all and now is NAIA the same way is yes because okay. it's three years out of high school so it's kind of the same thing like with college football whereas you get a guy let's say like Johnny Manziel for example redshirted played played got drafted or Larry Fitz that he right. had the way out at Pitt to go into the draft when he did because he had that year at the JUCO, and then right. the so, two years so we gave really, him the... It's really, it's really a different scenario when you go from... You talk about the professional level. Mm-hmm. But um, in my situation, I was working. My contract with the school was 10 months. So, And the thing about re- with recruiting is so much of it is talking to the student-athlete, and you can recruit a lot via internet, via phone, mm-hmm. Obviously, going out and seeing players is beneficial, but at that moment in my in my life and in my career, I was really focused on building my resume. Still, even though I was a head coach, so I would be there from August till till May, okay. and then I would go coach a summer league for two months, and I'd come back in the beginning of August. But while I'm gone, I'm still recruiting. But um, it's it was a small smaller NAI school, so I could kind of get away with it somewhat. But um, and there's different responsibilities. And then ultimately, like I said, ultimately my contract was for ten months. So as much as I was obligated as a coach and obligated at the heart to to but be there, you're not technically under contract, so there's not actually any violations. Right. But my my biggest thing was even though I was away from school, I was still working. I was still contacting admissions. Mm-hmm. I was still contacting financial aid about young men that are sending their transcripts and getting their FAFSA done and all that kind of stuff. So even though I wasn't there, I you, was still working. Yeah, I was still because it never stops with coaching. It, it never, regardless of what level. And, and we'll get sport. into that on on the when we get into the next segment about what yeah, we're going through right now. Never, I mean, never stops. But um, so going into my 
fourth season there, well, let me backtrack a little bit. The institution that I was at was small school, and it was at a uh, it was in a rural area. It was in a rural area, and a lot of the players that I had brought in, they played for one year, and they told me they were like, Coach, baseball is great, but I don't want to. I'd rather go to school somewhere else. But they told me kind of late. So now going into my fourth year, some of the players that I thought would be coming back, I didn't have enough time to bring in other ones. Replace. Right. So, I mean, we still had a solid team, but we struggled a little bit. So we finished 13 and 17, Mm -hmm. my fourth year. And then going into my fifth year, reloaded. I was back to 25, 26 guys. We We were ready to go. And we actually... We actually played a Division Two team in the fall and beat them. You know, so for a small NAI school to go play a Division Two in the fall and, and beat them in a single nine inning game was pretty big for us. Yeah, it was pretty big for us. And um, four days later, I got I had applied for this job. Well, so here's where I'm going to stop you because <laughs> the second part is when we're going to get into all things this place. Yeah, and this seems like a good place. We're gonna. Will we'll everybody maybe go get a new a drink or whatever they're going to do? Go get some more popcorn. Um, and we'll be right back. It's Dingo Talk. I'm Carlo Guadagnino. This is head coach JT, uh, J- Justin Thomas um, from Be- from Bethany College. And we'll be right back. One Bethany. Hello to my little friend.